Researchers have found that more than half of LGBTQ plus young people have experienced an eating disorder and that they are, are an issue that impact the queer community to higher degrees than our non-LGBTQ peers. Here to talk to us about Eating Disorder Awareness Week taking place from the 26th of February to the 3rd of March is Ellen Jennings from Bodywise, the Eating Disorder Association of Ireland and Daniel Boyle, Daniel Boyle, who has shared his story of recovery in the 2021 RTE documentary Unspoken and has advocated for better societal understanding surrounding the nature of eating disorders and their impact. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. That's great. Yeah, it's fantastic Thanks to talk to you. Um, so I suppose I, I wanted to ask both of you, I suppose, just to get your kind of, I suppose, just to get you, your perspectives on it. Can you tell us a bit about the impact that eating disorders and body image issues have on those within the, the queer community? Ellen, we might come to you first and Dan, Daniel, I know you might have a more kind of personal reflection on that. Yeah. So as you said in the, your opening there, you know, the research is showing that people within the LGBTQ plus community face higher rates of eating disorders compared to the general population. And there are a number of contributory factors behind that. Um, Things like discrimination, stigma, body image concerns um, can all lead to increased levels of stress, reduced self-esteem and reduced satisfaction with life, which can contribute to various mental health difficulties, including Mm -hmm. eating disorders. Um, A person might turn towards an eating disorder as a coping mechanism in the face of persistent stigma. And we know that body image dissatisfaction, low self-esteem and dieting are three of the major risk factors for the development of an eating disorder. So I suppose Daniel will probably give you more of a personal perspective of that. But from a research perspective and what we're seeing on our services, um, that's the background that I would have around that. Thanks. And Daniel, it'd be, be great to hear from you, I suppose, about, about your reflections on that too. Yeah, so as, as Ellen said there, the research does show that there's a disproportionate um, impact of eating disorders on people within the LGBT community. And even within that rubric of the LGBT community, there's even a further disproportionate impact upon um, trans persons. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's something, obviously, I'm speaking to you from one perspective of, of, a, of a gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really speak to the other individual experiences. But I know from um, a panel discussion, actually, we did with Bollywise back in 2022 during Pride. And there was a more, there was, there was more diverse voices and, and more people who were representative of the LGBTQ community. Um, that kind of indicated that this that this uh, issue is is quite pervasive within the yeah. community. I suppose from my own personal experience is that, I mean, an eating disorder is is there. There's many. There's a myriad of factors which might contribute to or or um, aggravate an eating disorder. And one of those, I think, is is the the desire to have some sort of control. Um, and for me, I think that that my eating disorder and my struggles with food really there a huge contributing factor was my struggles with my sexuality, because obviously you can't control your sexuality. Uh, there's nothing I could, I could do about it. And it's one part of me that for a long time I wanted to change, obviously don't want to change mm-hmm. that now. And yeah. um, so I think that that kind of that, that, that dislike that I had for myself really did um, aggravate the eating disorder for, for quite a long period of time. Um, and even amongst my own friends um, within the queer community, um, they they. They report, you know, to me, very similar experiences of stuff like that in contrast to my friends who are um, either cisgendered or heterosexual. Um, so, uh, and as Ellen had kind of said there, there's there's many factors w- which cause it, but but one huge one I think is is that extent of the lack of control over one's sexuality mm-hmm. and then the desire to find maybe control in other areas of life, yeah. which unfortunately, consequence of that is um, in some instances to have real extreme control over your food. Of course. Thanks, Daniel, for that. And then if I can come to you, uh, for anyone that might be familiar with the work that uh, BodyWise does, 
Can, can you tell us a bit about what, what you guys do? Yeah, so we're the national voluntary organisation that support people affected by eating disorders and their families. So we do that per, in a range of different ways. And one of those ways is by providing non-judgmental listening support services. We also provide a lot of information on our website. And as Daniel mentioned there, we often host webinars on different topics. So during Pride Month, we did have a webinar that focused on body image within the LGBTQIA plus community. And um you know, throughout the year, we tend to hold various webinars of this kind. This week is Eating Disorders Awareness Week. So there's a number of different webinars taking place um, throughout the week. In terms of our support services, we provide support for people affected themselves and also family members. Um, so people are welcome to reach out to our services, whether they're um, concerned about something within themselves or concerned about someone else. And they don't need a diagnosis to avail of our support services. So a person can really reach out to talk through, you know, what might be going on for them and what the next steps might be. Um, and our, our website also has a whole host of information for people who might not be quite sure if what they're experiencing um, is an eating disorder or um, they aren't quite sure what is going on for them. And so it can be it can be a useful first step for someone to kind of talk through that experience. That's, that's brilliant. You mentioned Eating Disorder Awareness Week. That's taking place this week. And the theme this year is Eating Disorder Recovery and Beyond, Respecting Individuality and Identity. Why did you choose this as the theme this year? Yeah, so... You know, we understand that eating disorders develop and function differently for each individual person. And um, over time, the eating disorder can, you know, start to become a part of the person's identity and come can become very intertwined with their sense of self. And we also wanted to bring recovery to the fore and that what recovery means is very unique to each individual person, just as the eating disorder develops um gradually over time and um, has individual functions for a person and um, recovery also will be an individual process of looking at the different elements of someone's life and sure. how the eating disorder plays into those elements and what um, moving away from the eating disorder will look like within that person's life. Um, when it comes to the identity piece, you know, we understand that a person's identity can put them more at risk of developing an eating disorder and then it can also the eating disorder can also then interplay with the person's sense of identity and who they feel they are um i remember one person uh, talking to me about their experience with identity and they felt that there was kind of a, an almost like a, a persona of who they were when they had the eating disorder they become they became known as the person who was mm -hmm. always yeah. doing something like always going to the gym they were always so determined they were mm -hmm. seen as this person so then when it when it came to kind of unraveling the eating disorder and the purpose it served for the person the function it had in their life um it was really trying to rediscover the parts of the person's life that weren't driven by the eating disorder. And um, so really this week has been all about hearing those lived experiences, mm -hmm. looking at the research and bringing all of those elements together to try to raise awareness about eating disorders um, Brilliant. Yeah. and how they can impact Brilliant. a person's it's, life. It, it is really interesting to hear, hear you think about that. And I suppose when we come to talking about uh, about body image, I suppose something I, I've been thinking about is how I almost sort of gaslit myself for years into uh, kind of like feeling like I needed to be seeking a particular type of body because, um, but it actually at the times when I had the body most similar 
similar to to the one that you're kind of expected to want to have was actually when I was most miserable in my life. And it's interesting because I think people are get so wrapped up in that. But Daniel, just to come back to you for for a moment, was you you spoke you spoke just there there a few moments ago quite eloquently about I suppose the the need to have control or to want to have control and when you're experiencing stigma or shame. Um, how kind of like an eating disorder may be something that you use to kind of take some control within your life. And you've spoken about your experience with an eating disorder and helping to, to sort of better, foster a better understanding of the nature of the disorders. Why was it important for you to to do this and to, to share your story? I think the thing was, is that I, because I'm fully recovered now um, and, and at a position in life where I can speak freely about this and easily about this and, and not in a way that it causes me any upset. I just think that it's so important that I suppose like use my own lived experience um, to help other people, um, which I don't intend in any way to sound noble. Like I don't think mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm vying for any Nobel prizes or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I think the thing is, is that my life was ultimately saved by recovery. Um, like my life, how it was pre-recovery was 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 an exceptionally bleak life and it, and it wasn't really a life at all. Um, so I just want to, I suppose, demonstrate to other people how recovery is possible um, and how, I suppose, much better life is when you are in, in and I'm not even speaking about a position of full recovery and, and living this euphoric life. Um, I just mean that getting to a position where you are somewhat more comfortable around food or body image or anything like that, it does just take a lot of pressure off life um, and it makes life far easier like my day-to-day living now is is so much easier than it was um than it was a few years ago but I think as well as that one of the other reasons is because I found that when I was seeking help initially for my eating disorder there was a huge amount of misconceptions which I think presented a bit of a personal barrier to me at the time so eating disorders for example were for a very long time and and that is changing now but for a very long time were viewed as a female lonely illness mm-hmm. a young person illness a thin person illness everything like this whereas from my experience and from knowing other people that have suffered with EDs or anything like that is that an eating disorders do not discriminate on the basis of size gender sexual orientation uh, or on the basis of location so any person can can be susceptible to getting eating disorder so I want to dispose to to remove some of those misconceptions insofar as possible and to tell people that just because a person looks a certain way or acts a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that they're not struggling with, with food and 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 body image totally um, yeah, so, absolutely. yeah misconceptions is really important. Can I ask you, Daniel, is there much awareness around body image within the community? Um, I think that it is improving. Um, I, I think I think there could be more. Um, and I, I think that particularly, I think people who have a larger platform um, within the community, whether that be on social media or other things, I think that, that they could be, I suppose, just doing maybe a little bit more for it. Being more vocal. Um, obviously, I, 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 it's not fair to put pressure on other people just because they're in a, in a position of, um, of fame to think you have to speak to every issue. But I think that it's important for them to watch how they're speaking about body image and, and stuff like that. And what, like one prime example is that, you know, I, I, I'm not naming naming names or anything, but there was a, a podcast I was listening to before where they spoke about and made a joke about the concept of someone being like straight pin, but gay fat. So as if like there's a different mm-hmm. body image expectations yeah. on gay men as opposed yeah. to heterosexual men. Um, and I, I think commentary like that really just does not help. And I think commentary like that really needs to be called out at the source when it happens. Um, because there's there's younger LGBT people that would be listening to that and and potentially would uh, would automatically just feel bad about themselves it's as a consequence harmful. of it. So I think that there could definitely be um I I I think 
queer people for a lot of queer people that I know like we we use humor a lot of the time like I use humor all the time to mask a lot of things but I think for something as serious as this I think that it's important that we that we just 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 watch our language around yeah. it yeah. yeah there's a really big education piece that comes with it because you are right you see people prominent people within the community who will sort of will speak consistently about dieting or share pictures of of mm-hmm. um of of the the the, the bathroom scales and you, you know it sort of does create this background home of this sense of like there's a particular way your body needs to be that can become very stressful for people um so it is absolutely i think it's it's something about educating people about how they speak about it and letting people know that it's you know humor is important but it's 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 not something that really should be um this is not something that where where i suppose we we're in a place to be joking about um ellen if i could come back to you i suppose just we've got to finish up now in, in a moment but i suppose how can someone help or respond to someone they believe may be experiencing an eating disorder yeah so i suppose the first thing to say there is that an eating disorder can be really difficult both for the person themselves to understand what's going on and also for people around them so it acts as a coping mechanism for the person and so it can be really difficult for the person to acknowledge what's going on and to move kind of away from the control that the eating disorder has over them and what we would always say to people is you know to try and learn as much as you can about eating disorders you're welcome to reach out to our support services to talk through how you might open up that conversation and then to think about kind of the expectations that you have from that first initial conversation with someone you need to try to think about going at the person's own pace um, and to open up that first conversation that might lead to another conversation um, and to try and really listen to what's going on underneath for a person, the feelings that are underneath kind of the, be- the behaviours that you're seeing on the surface. That's fantastic. Thank you both for for joining us today to have a chat it's fascinating. about this. Thank you so much. It was really it's really important that these conversations keep happening yeah. and, and that people are and particularly within the community that that we're 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 paying more attention to it. Um so we will uh, ask you I suppose where can people go to find more information about Bodywise and um I suppose to access those supports if they do need them. Yeah, so all of the information is available on www.bodywise.ie so that's b o d y w h y s dot ie and our email support service is alex at bodywise.ie so a-l-e-x at b-o-d-y-w-h-y-s dot ie that is perfect thank Thank you you very much much for chatting to us today thank you thanks so much